I want to look at a passage of scripture in Genesis chapter 39 this morning during our first hour. Genesis chapter 39. <clears throat> Jonah from the belly of the great fish summarized the whole of the gospel when he said salvation is of the Lord. From election, predestination, through redemption, justification, sanctification, glorification, <laughs> every bit of our salvation is a work of God's free and sovereign grace accomplished in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing we can do to add to it. If we try to add to it, as the, as the word of God concludes, any man that adds to the words of this prophecy, the curses of this book will be added upon him. Anyone takes away from it, his name will be taken away from the last book of life. And so it is. We don't, we don't add to it. We don't take away from it. He does it all. He gets all the glory, all the preeminence, all the praise. Salvation truly is of the Lord. Now, Joseph is such a wonderful type of the Lord Jesus Christ in every respect. You know, he's really presented in the scriptures as the perfect man. And no, no, other, no other character in the scripture is, um, are their flaws hid from. You know, we look at Abraham, we see his flaws. We look at Moses, we look at Solomon and David, and we see all their flaws. Uh, the scriptures in that regard are unlike any other religious book. You certainly wouldn't read the Koran and find anything negative said about Muhammad. You wouldn't read the Book of Mormons and find anything negative said about uh, Joseph Smith. And, but when you read the scriptures, the Lord is, uh, he gives us all, the, all the, the details of men's lives and, and women's lives, doesn't he? Uh, but Joseph... Contrary to all those other characters of scriptures, nothing negative is said about him. <laughs> now, I'm not suggesting in any way that Joseph was not a sinner in need of grace. He certainly was. But he's used by God to typify the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect man of whom nothing could be said negative about. Joseph was the favored son of his father. We read in the scriptures how that God Almighty spoke audibly from heaven and said to the disciples, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. What a type of Christ Joseph is in the affection that his father had for him. Joseph uh, was hated by his brethren. Um, they hated him without a cause. He came unto his own. His own received him not. Uh, there we have a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Joseph was sold into slavery to the Ishmaelites of all people. <laughs> Who is Ishmael? The child of the flesh, isn't he? 
And so we read of the Lord Jesus Christ, a body thou hast prepared for me. He was born of a woman, born under the law to redeem them who are cursed by the law. There we have Christ being sold into the Ishmaelites. 20 pieces of silver for Joseph, 30 pieces for Christ. But nevertheless, we have him, we have him sold there as, a, as a, a type, a representative. He came in the likeness of sinful flesh. He was falsely accused and put into a dungeon. And um, that's the place I want us to pick up the life of Joseph in Genesis chapter 39. Joseph, we find, as the interpreter of secrets. Uh, the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. They're spiritually discerned. We must be all taught of God if we're to understand the truth of the gospel. Truth of the gospel is not something that can be figured out. It comes by divine revelation. And how many times we see in Joseph's lives men having dreams and having to go fetch Joseph in order to understand what it was those dreams really meant. Joseph was brought forth out of prison and made the prime minister of Egypt. And so we see a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ being raised from the dead and being given by God Almighty preeminence over all things, Lord of Lord King of Kings. <laughs> Joseph supplied the storehouses with sufficient bread to feed the people in a time of famine, didn't he? And he held the keys to those storehouses, didn't he? He had the keys of David as Christ is described as having the one who, whom when he opens that door to our hearts, no man can shut it. And when he shuts, no man can open. And he is himself the bread of life who, who supplies our souls with, with life in himself. What a picture of Christ Joseph is. And uh, in the greatest picture of all, Joseph is seen in his life as the Savior of Israel. All of Israel is saved from the death of that famine as a result of the ministry of Joseph. Now you have your Bibles open to Genesis chapter 39. You remember what happens. Potiphar's wife falsely accuses Joseph, and Potiphar puts Joseph into an Egyptian dungeon. And look what the Scripture says in verse 21 of Genesis chapter 39. But... But, I'm thankful for that but, aren't you? Oh, sheep are always uh, grateful when God says but. Now, when men say but, they're, they're usually resisting the truth of the gospel. But when God says but, that's a, it's a good thing. But, you know, one of, the, one of the greatest definitions of grace that I like is in spite of. <laughs> but in spite of the fact that you are dead and in your trespasses and sins. God, in the richness of his mercy, has given us life in Christ. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in prison 
And here's the phrase that I want us to remember this morning. And uh, whatsoever they, all the prisoners, did there, he, Joseph, was the doer of it. Now that phrase summarizes the exact same thing that, uh, that Jonah said when he said salvation is of the Lord. Whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Look at the next, per the next verse. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with Joseph. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. <laughs> now the scripture says that the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world in order to set the prisoners free. See, we're mentioned there in verse 22 as the they's. Whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. We are by nature sold into the slavery of sin by our father Adam. Unable to deliver ourselves. Unable to believe. Unable to produce any righteousness. Unable to save ourselves in any way. Spiritually dead in our trespasses and sins. Blind, unable to see. I love that picture of Samson going down into the Philistine city. And grabbing a hold of the gates of that city and carrying them up on the hill so that the children of Israel could go into that city and, and sack the city. <laughs> what a picture of our strong man, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Samson. He said to the disciples, whom do you say that I am? And Peter, you remember, said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And the Lord said to Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood's not revealed this unto you. My Father which is in heaven has made that known to you. And upon this rock, the confession that you just made, that I am the Messiah, I am the anointed one, I am the one sent of God on a mission to do what? To break down the gates of hell and to bring captivity captive. <laughs> That's what I came to do. And the gates of hell shall not be able to prevail against it. So in this picture, we have, a, we have a picture of our Joseph, the Lord Jesus Christ, being brought into this world where sinners are held prisoners in their own natural state of unbelief, spiritual deadness, spiritual blindness. The prison keeper, who is none other than a picture of God Almighty, who turns over the whole prison to Joseph and uh, allows him to prosper in all that he does. And he says, whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Everything we do, everything we do, he gets, you know, I tell our folks, all you, you want to you try to figure out whether a man's preaching Christ or not, just ask yourself, listen to him a while, and then just ask yourself this question, who gets all the glory? I mean all the glory. Who gets all the glory? Whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. In election, God didn't look down through the quarters of time and find those who would believe on him and then choose to save them. We have always been seen in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
in the covenant of grace before the foundations of the world. God elected a people in Christ Jesus. He's the doer of our election. We, we have no merit or favor before God apart from what Christ has done in making our election possible. We've always been viewed in Christ. God's people have never been seen in grace apart from Christ. It cannot be. It, it, is it not called the Lamb's book of life? Does it not belong to him? Is he not the one who has etched our names indelibly, unchangeably, in the covenant of free grace? <laughs> That's our hope, isn't it? That's our hope. I, I, I know I quoted this yesterday. I love what David's last words, his last words. Oh, if you had but one last statement to make. To summarize your hope to your loved ones, you wouldn't make those statements haphazardly, would you? You choose your words carefully. David did that. Although it be not so with my house. It wasn't so in the tabernacle of his own flesh. It certainly wasn't so in his household. Oh, such heartache that David experienced with his, with his children. Yet, yet, he has made with me an everlasting covenant. This covenant was established in eternity past. When was that? Well, you know, we use these words because we, we, we fail to have the necessary vocabulary to even describe what is eternity. Well, how can you have something without a beginning? We, we can't comprehend it, can we? But we believe it. A lot of things we don't understand that we believe. What do we believe about election? That God chose a people in Christ in eternity past. <laughs> He's the doer of it. He is the doer of our election. Whatsoever those prisoners did there, he was the doer of it. Oh, what about righteousness? <laughs> David in another place said, I will speak of thy righteousness, even of thine only. Why would David say such a thing? Because he realized by God's grace that he had no righteousness of his own. We are all as an unclean thing. Our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We have nothing to present before God. So where do we find our righteousness? Jehovah said, can you? <laughs> the Lord, our righteousness. And how perfectly righteous he is. And he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. And she shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. By divine and gracious imputation, we've been charged or credited or favored with a righteousness that's alien to us. It's outside of us, isn't it? It's a righteousness that belongs to another that's been charged to our account. And so we say before God, whatsoever we do there in the area of election and in the area of righteousness, he is the doer of it. Salvation is of the Lord. He gets all the glory. He gets all the glory. 
He said to John, he said, suffer to be so for now. For this is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. And that's what he came to do. That's what he came to do. He came in order to establish a righteousness that we could not establish for ourselves. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Galatians. I know you're familiar with this verse of Scripture, but I want you to, I want you to look at it again with me and, and, uh, and see the, the emphasis of it. I hope you use a copy of the King James Bible. I really do. I, I've looked at, I guess, maybe 10 or 12 other uh, paraphrases of Scripture. And that's what they all are. And without exception, every single one of them have changed this verse. Along with about five other verses that, that make the gospel very clear and are changed in every other version of the Bible other than the King James. Look with me. Look with me at Galatians chapter 2 at verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Every other version, every other man's paraphrase says, by your faith in Jesus Christ. Now there's the difference in the gospel. Is our faith something we do? Or is, in fact, he the doer of our faith? It's repeated again. Look at the same verse. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Not by your faith in Christ. <laughs> Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But it's Christ that lives in me. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. Our faith is not acceptable before God. Oh, we cry constantly, do we not? Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. God demands a perfect faith. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that's ever done that. To his dying breath, as we saw yesterday, he cries to the Father from the cross just before he gives leave of his own spirit. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. <laughs> faithful to God. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? <laughs> what did the father send his son to do? Save his people. Did he accomplish that work? He did. <laughs> he was faithful in thought, in word, and in deed. The Lord Jesus Christ had no fault before God. Perfectly. Whatsoever they do there, he's the doer of it. He's the doer of it. Now, it is from faith to faith, but it's Christ's faith that he gives to us, enabling us to believe. <laughs> we can't. We're unable to believe apart from the work of God's grace in our hearts. Whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. In redemption. In redemption. What are we going to do? Men talk about making their peace with God. What are we going to offer God to reconcile 
ourselves before a holy and just God. What are we going to do? The Lord Jesus Christ is the doer of our redemption. We're bought with a price, even the price of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did we not see yesterday when God looked at that door? <laughs> what did he say? When I see the blood. Not when I see your good works. Not when I see your good intentions. Not when I see your love for me. When I see the blood, that is the redemption price. The only hope of being redeemed before God. Some of y'all are old enough to remember those green stamp redemption stores. You remember that? <laughs> you couldn't go in there with anything other than green stamps to get, you know, to get those items off that shelf, could you? You had to, you had to redeem it with the green stamp. <laughs> oh, what a... What a redeemer we have. God accepts one thing, and that's the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he redeems, he redeems perfectly, doesn't he? He redeems perfectly. Our justification, as we just read in Galatians chapter 2, we're justified by the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. God makes us to be sinful, doesn't he? Full of sin. This is a faithful saying. It's worthy of all acceptation. It's worthy to be accepted in its totality and it's worthy to be accepted by all men. Christ Jesus came to save sinners. <laughs> he came to save sinners. That's what the Father sent him to do. And he succeeded in that. So that our justification before God is wholly and completely determined by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, the publican and the Pharisee. Remember the publican? Father, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not. He prayed unto himself, did he not? <laughs> he wasn't praying to God. He was playing, he was playing religion is what he was doing. I thank thee that I'm not like other men. And then he gave his, his list of things that he did. Much like the Apostle Paul. I, you know, I circumcised the eighth day, a Hebrew of Hebrews of the tribe of Benjamin, concerning the law, blameless before men. You know, and that which I thought was gained to me was actually the very thing keeping me from God. We were talking about this yesterday. And I encourage our young people, if you've got the, if you've got the intellectual capacity to, uh, to pursue a good education in this world, do it. It'll, it'll help you in this world. And, I, and I'm always, I'm always uh, proud of our young people who are able to do that. Um, but the moment you think, the moment that you begin to think that your intellectual capacity gives you an advantage in figuring out the gospel, at that very moment, every bit of intellect you have becomes your stumbling block. Because it doesn't. The truth of the gospel is a work of free grace. And no amount of mental capacity can, can open it. <laughs> Whatsoever... They did there. He was the doer of it. If we've come to see the truth of the gospel, he gets all the glory. He's the doer of it. 
<laughs> and by the way, whatever, whatever mental or intellectual abilities you have, he's the doer of that too. <laughs> Is he not? Oh, and God's people delight in giving him all the glory. In everything whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. If we're going to be justified before God, and that word really does mean just if I'd never done it, perfectly, holy, and righteous before God without sin, if we're going to be in that state of acceptance before God, it's only going to be in the Beloved. He's going to be the doer of it. <laughs> He's going to be the doer of it. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. I love that verse of Scripture in Psalm 69, verse 4, where the Word of God says, Then I restored that which I took not away. Now, that's what the Lord Jesus Christ did. He restored what was lost in our father Adam. That which he took not away, he restored it. And oh, so much better. So much better. <laughs> Adam knew something of innocence. The Lord Jesus Christ restores it with righteousness. Adam knew something of fellowship with God. The Lord Jesus Christ restored it with union with God so that God's people are able to say as he is so are we in this world right now <laughs> he's the restorer of that which he took not away Adam knew something of paradise in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done as the restorer we have the hope of heaven Adam knew something of contentment. We have satisfaction, complete satisfaction before God. Adam knew something of peace with God. In innocence, we have the peace of God through acceptance and forgiveness. He's the restorer of it. <laughs> uh, sanctification. Now here's a, I, I, I came from a, a false gospel that was somewhat Calvinistic. I say somewhat Calvinistic because we had some, some doctrinal understanding, some intellectual truth. I, I, we, we, we had some truths, plural, small t, without having the truth, singular, capital T. Didn't know Christ till God was pleased to reveal himself to me. But here was, the, here was the error of that false gospel. Everything I've said up to this point, we would say amen. We'd say, oh yeah, you know, justification, redemption, sanct all, uh, uh, glory. All these things are by the work of Christ. But you know where we erred? We erred in the same place the church at Galatia was erring. And the church of Galatia is the only church that Paul called into question their salvation. I fear lest I've labored in vain among you. What was the 
Galatian heresy. What was the Galatian heresy? Well, here it is. They went to Calvary for redemption and for justification. And then they went to Sinai for sanctification. They believed that the work of the law of God was to work as a schoolmaster to lead you to Christ. But then once you came to Christ, Christ took you back to the law. And now the law became a rule for Christian living. In other words, they brought the law in the back door. And you bring the law in anywhere, and it ruins the gospel. It ruins the gospel. If it is of grace, it can no longer be of works. Otherwise, grace is not grace. What am I saying? That our sanctification, he's the doer of it. He's the doer of it. We're not, we're not making a contribution to our sanctification, to the believer's life. He's the doer of it. If we're going to be set apart, if we're going to grow in grace, it's going to be because he works in us, causing us to will and do his good pleasure. And he's continually living and interceding for us, presenting himself before God as our holiness, which is what sanctification is. Whatsoever they did there, I mean everything they did, he was the doer of it. <laughs> is that true for you? Is all the hope of your salvation before God in the doing of the Lord Jesus Christ? Does he get all the glory? Glorification, is he the one that you are dependent on to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the throne of God? You do know, if you know Christ, you know how, how frail and how, how easy it would be for you to completely give up. You know, I, I, I've said once or twice from our pulpit, a believer cannot not believe. They just can't do it. And once or twice I've even said to folks, I said, just try not believing. And then I realized after I said that, I do that every day. Every day I'm always trying not to believe. I'm always looking away. And the Lord just won't let me. <laughs> my sanctification and my glorification is in the heavenlies, in the person of Christ. Whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Everything. Everything. <laughs> All of our acceptance before God in every aspect of our salvation is in the beloved. I have a friend who is Russian by birth. He's a, he's a brother in Christ and uh, lives in North Carolina right now. And his father and grandfather, all of his family are expert stone and tile masons. And the work that he does is just unbelievable. And um, speaks a little bit of a Russian accent. His name is Eugene. Eugene was visiting me in my home and I had just built a shower in one of our rooms in our house. And I had the tile, 
And I said, uh, I said, Eugene, you gonna be here for a couple of days? He said, Yeah. He sa I said, uh, Could you, you, you want to help me with this? You know, we could get it done real quick. Well, he looked around at some of the tile work that I had done in my house, and he looked at me and he said, uh, He said, I'll tile that shower for you under one condition. You go in your study and work on Sunday's message, and leave me alone. I said, well, I've got time. I can help you at least care. And I won't cut it or put it in plate. He said, no. I said, well, you know, okay. He didn't want my name on that job. <laughs> I said, well, my tools are in the shop and would go get. He said, no. He said, no, I, I can't work with your tools. He drove eight hours back to North Carolina. Got all of his tools came back to my, I wish you could see this shower. He would not even use my tools. He would not let me make any contribution to that job. He wanted that job to have his name on it and his name only. And you should see it. <laughs> God won't even use your tools. He's going to get all the glory. He's going to do it all or he won't do it at all. Whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And everything he did, he prospered.